Hello and welcome. Glad you could join us. Today is a conclusion of our 10-part series, The End Times. It may or may not end the way you might think a series on The End Times might end. But, after some careful observation and prayer, it became rather evident to share on end-time prophecies that covers something that is happening today and that it will affect the end for many now and possibly at the very end for them. We will talk about this a little later on. As for today's prayer outlook and apropos to today's message, I would encourage you to pray so that God can make very clear to you His true will. Many people are completely blind to all of the various things that might be happening around them and in this world that truly need attention. We are living in a very egocentric and selfish world where the majority are looking more at their own wants and desires than looking to help others that are in a much more difficult place. And this problem is happening in particular in so-called God's people. I know that the influence of the world is strong in that we are constantly told to worry about making ourselves happy and to strive to fulfill all of our wishes and desires. It's not necessarily wrong to try to enjoy life and the things God might be giving you to delight in, but not at the expense of completely ignoring those that have incredible needs. If we just worry about ourselves, then our view will become very narrow. And with that, we will have failed God completely by not loving Him above everything else and not loving our neighbor as ourselves. So, we should pray that God allow us to understand that life is not necessarily about ourselves only, but rather there is a much greater place that we form part of. We can never forget about the golden rule. Treat others as you would like to be treated. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, um, I praise you and I worship you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy, for your grace, for your Son, Jesus Christ, for the salvation that we have through him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O oh Lord, that you please forgive our sins and please have mercy on us. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to see things clearly. Um, help us, O oh Lord, to be able to see the needs that are around us, or probably even a distance away. But help us, O oh Lord, to be aware that we have a responsibility, that there is a reason of why all these different things are happening. Lord, sometimes people are very quick to point the finger to you and that you should be acting and you should be doing something. And in fact, you do want to do something and you want to act, but you want to use us to be able to do those different things. You want to use us to be able to touch people's lives and to even help them in a very practical manner. Just as your son Jesus Christ did when he came to this earth, he did feed the hungry. He did heal the sick. He did help the needy. He even raised the dead. He did all of these things, all of these works to be able to help man. And of course, he did the work that was above everything, which is he died for us. He died for our sins so that we could be saved. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we can't just sit idly by and just think about ourselves and me, 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 me and what I want. But rather help us to understand that we need to help our fellow man. We need to help them practically and in any way that you want to help them through us. 
Heavenly Father, help us to understand your word and help us to apply your word in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As part of today's conclusion on our end time series, we'll be talking about Christian apathy at the judgment seat of Christ. Our scripture passage today is found in Matthew chapter 24, verse 10 to 13. And if you'd like to follow along, it says like this, And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. As we read, our relationships with people will be very challenging, even among family. And that is already happening. There will be many false prophets and teachers, people that will only teach lies that sound like the truth in a very appealing and convincing way, because it will appeal to our flesh, to our desires. But in the end, those lies will take you straight to hell if you're not careful. And this has already been happening for quite some time as well. The part I would like for us to focus on is verse 12, where it says, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Now, this does not mean what some people think that it might mean. That because there might be some people that take advantage of the good will of others, that those people affected negatively will not feel like showing love because of how they were hurt. doesn't necessarily mean that, although we know that this could happen. The verse really points out to the issue of sin or abounding of lawlessness, that because there is so much sin in people's lives that there will be a lack of love. Sin ultimately quenches love, and that's the real problem. That's what that verse is pointing to. The Bible teaches that we are nothing without love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, So I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So the problem is that a person might even do some very impressive things, but if done for the wrong reasons, not doing them with the intent to love, it is all for nothing. We're absolutely nothing without love for God and love for our neighbor. There is no reward without love. Love is everything. So if a person lets sin run rampant in their lives, then they will grow cold. They will become what many people are becoming today. And here is where Christian apathy comes in. If a person does not have good works, actions that help display what has, helped, what has happened in their heart, then their faith is meaningless, especially before the eyes of God. The absence of love makes faith pointless. The Bible says in James chapter 2, verse 14, it says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, 
what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? So if a person is not really seeing or doing something for someone else in need, they are overtaken by the sin of selfishness, which is something that is quite unforgivable before the eyes of God. The problem that a false faith has is that it cannot save anyone. And what has helped this false faith spread is that there is significant doctrinal truths that are conveniently not shared or ignored, and the one in particular is that there is a responsibility with coming to faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, we are saved with a purpose. It doesn't stop with just coming to be saved and that's it. Many people are very quick to pull out that saved by grace verse. But there is more. The Bible says it in this specific place in Ephesians chapter, chapter 2, where it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and then out of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So yes, we are saved through faith by grace, but we were created in Christ Jesus for good works. We have to do something with this gift called salvation. There is a responsibility for our actions or our lack thereof. Now the Bible does teach that the people of the Lord will stand a certain kind of judgment that we will be, will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it says in Romans chapter 14, but why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all, not some, all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. The Apostle Paul made it perfectly clear that we need to strive to be pleasing to the Lord through our actions. As stated before, faith without works is dead. The people of God will stand trial somewhere, somehow, for the good and the evil things they have done, for whether they did something with their faith or not. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 through 10 says this, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So the Bible is very clear that there is some sort of judgment for the people of God. The Bible also says this in Hebrews chapter 10, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment, and fire indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, 
counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So it's very clear. The Lord will judge his people. At very minimum, if a child of God is not doing well, the Bible explicitly explains that we will be at least chastened by the Lord if the Lord does see us as his children and because he does not want for us to be lost. God does not intend to have spoiled children or least of all, people without any kind of love in their lives. For it says this in Hebrews chapter 12, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he, meaning God, for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained in it. So the Bible is very clear in that no one will get away with anything, neither here nor in eternity. So it's not as easy as some people portray. It's not just you came to Christ and you got nothing else to worry about after that. Nope, not by a long shot. The Bible also has this to say in Galatians chapter 6. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity... Let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So we need to continue doing good until the end, so that we can be saved. Because it does say, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. So how you start is certainly important, but God is more interested in seeing live out your faith in him throughout your life until the very end, despite whatever circumstances you might face. So as Christians, we cannot afford to be apathetic to the people that are around us and to their hardships, even if we think there may be some folks that might take advantage of us. And we should think about it because it is important to be in good standing with the Lord. But on top of that, always try to bear in mind, how would I like to be treated if I were in the circumstances of others? Make no mistake, all prophecy will be fulfilled no matter what. The thing you should keep in mind is where 
do you fit in all of this? Will you be part of the fulfillment of prophecy that is evil in these end times? Or will you be part of the fulfillment of prophecy that is good, that you will be a part of the group of people that stands out from all of the evil in the world and brings glory to God even in these end times? Whatever happens, that is ultimately your decision, your choice. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you. Lord, your word is clear. We need to be mindful of that. We need to be mindful that we are responsible. That yes, we are saved. We have this awesome and incredible salvation through your son, Jesus Christ, that that frees us and cleans us from all sin. But that it has a definite purpose. That there's a reason. You want to transform our lives for a reason. You want us to change for a reason. And the reason is is because you want us to grow in love. You want us to be able to grow in love with you to correspond to that love that, that you gave us, that you shared with us. And you also, Lord, want for us to be transformed and changed so that we can help others that were like us, that were as lost as we were once upon a time. Heavenly Father, help us that to understand that We need to do something with this salvation. We need to do something with this gift that we can't just sit idly by and we certainly cannot just think about ourselves. That we can't just think selfishly and see the world in in just a very, very narrow-minded kind of way. And we need to understand, O Lord, that your desire is that if we were treated well by you, through your love, that you would want for us to treat others the same way. Heavenly Father, help us to be mindful that, Lord, there's so much hurt, there's so much pain, there's so much, so many people that have just incredible needs, Lord. They might be close to us, they might be far away from us, but wherever they are, help us, O oh Lord, to be aware of it, to pray about it, and not only to pray about it, but to do something about it, Lord. Help us to be to actively look to do something. To help, Lord, in some way, fashion, or form. Whatever means you have given us to be able to do and to help in. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks. And I pray, O oh Lord, that you help us to be ready for these end times. Because we are already here. The end is already here. I mean... The things that will happen in the end are like, they're just right there, Lord. But we are already living end time prophecies here, now, today. Help us to be mindful of that and that your return for us is right around the corner. Help us, O Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, as always, if you need some prayer help, please contact us. If you just want to drop us a line, we would be very happy to hear from you. May God bless you. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. God bless you.